0: Having already witnessed what the opening of the first two seals have unleashed, today on drawing near, we continue to view the judgment of God upon the rebellious, unbelieving people of earth. So take your Bible and turn to the revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 6, and join us for A Black Horse. As we begin today, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day and your grace and your mercy which will provide for us today. We have nothing, and we can do nothing apart from your power and presence in our lives and in the world. You not only create, but you sustain. And clearly you are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Father, help us to bow down before you, and to bow down to no other. Help us to know your word, your truth and develop strong convictions and not be willing to compromise. We ask, Father, that you would guide us into being humble and faithful. Teach us the love of Christ, that we may love you, that we may love you and love the world with the love that Jesus loved us with. Now open up your word for us. Give us wisdom and understanding. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Revelation chapter 6, beginning with verse 5, we read these words. And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius. And three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. So, as Jesus takes the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne and begins opening the seals, the first rider, the rider on a white horse, goes out into the world representing deception, the promise of peace, the promise of prosperity. He is an antichrist, maybe the antichrist. He appears to be a savior, offering solutions to the problems of the people of the earth, and he provides false hope. This widespread deception appears to bring about a sense of ease, a sense of peace, security. And yet what follows is a rider riding the red horse. He is sent to take peace from the earth, and the result is rumors of wars and wars, nation rising up against nation, People are killing one another, and peace is taken from the earth not only in war and personal conflict, but the peace in people's hearts are taken as well. The promised security of this Savior is not evident. As a matter of fact, things are not getting better at all. It should serve to remind us and affirm that there cannot be peace apart from faith in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 5 of chapter 6, we see the third seal opened by the Lord Jesus. And the third living creature says, Go. And John says, I looked, and behold, a black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. Nearly everyone recognizes that black represents bad, evil. Anyone who's seen the movies or read stories knows that black is viewed this way. And taking a quick look at the colors of these horses so far, white represents purity, peace, goodness. The red represents the bloodshed in war and conflict. And the black represents something dark, something oppressive. And we need to understand that as we come to this third seal and this third rider, things are escalating. Things are getting worse. Deception's bad. wars. Violence, the lack of peace on the earth, that's certainly bad, but this is worse. In verse 6 we read, And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius. What the rider on this black horse represents is scarcity on the earth. Resources are going to be depleted. Depleted. Recently, it became difficult to find necessities at the grocery store. Even online, things were out of stock, partly because of hoarding, but also partly because manufacturing couldn't keep up with the demand. We saw a lot of people who were uncomfortable, who were frightened. Our attitudes toward one another changed as we sought to provide for our families and saw other people trying to provide for theirs, taking our needed resources. And we saw this scarcity on a very, very small scale. As wars escalate, as violence escalates in the world, resources are going to become scarce. Now, it's one thing for war to be taking place somewhere else, or even our loved ones to be a part of a war, but it's another thing when we go to the store or when we're hungry not to be able to provide for our needs. And that's what this is talking about. A quart of wheat or three quarts of barley are going to cost about a full day's wage. Things are going to be hard to come by. People are going to become hungry. Recently, we may have lacked some toiletries and some essentials, but there was food of some sort on the shelf. The last phrase in verse 6 says, And do not harm the oil and the wine. Now, there's wide speculation as to what this means. Some think this refers to medicinal elements in society. Others, the more costly things will still be available, like oil and wine, the things that are non-essential. But I believe this is talking about the means by which everything becomes scarce. This writer who goes forth strikes the earth. This rider who goes forth causes widespread famine. In other words, the scarcity isn't caused by supply chains being broken down. It's not because manufacturing plants cannot manufacture fast enough to keep up with demand. The resources are not available. Wars take resources. Wars also destroy resources. People lose their homes. People lose their income there's going to be a devastating economic effect in the world due to peace being taken from the earth. If we will think these things through and recognize the fluid nature of historic events, we will see how these things progress and escalate. People get a sense of false peace, false security. Wars begin to break out. There are rumors of wars. Violence escalates. Peace is taken from the earth. Whether we hear of these things in news reports or witness these things firsthand, this is going to be global. And also worldwide, there's going to be famine and scarcity. People are going to want. That's going to cause violence to increase. Relationships are going to disintegrate. We already know from our recent history, divorce rates go up. Suicide numbers go up. People don't draw together during these times. Rather, they fragment and they spread out. They go off alone. This is going to be a time of great despair, and people are going to be looking for solutions. Some people are going to try to bring about their own solutions. It might be best described that there might become a climate of survival of the fittest. It is going to be a dark, dark time how do we know that people will respond this way to these three horsemen going out into the world because we know human nature this is what happens when things go bad in the world what also happens is as people start looking for solutions they also look for someone to blame do you remember the words of jesus in matthew 24 as he is providing explanation and description of these last things that are going to occur in the world, he says in Matthew 24, verse 7, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Coupled with the war, natural events, famines, earthquakes, those kinds of things are going to cause scarcity. And as bad as all of this looks, these are just the birth pains. These are just the precursors to the real pain of labor that is yet to come. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that your church will have been raptured at this point, if we understand your word correctly. And Father, we pray that as your judgment goes out into the world, that people will see and understand that you are God and that you are judging sin and that some will repent. We have evidence of that in the scriptures that lie ahead. But Father, we pray that you would work in history to glorify yourself, to magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that your church, in viewing these things ahead of time, would be comforted by the fact that you, as God, are working out your purpose and plan in your creation. You always do what is good and right and just. And although these things might be painful to witness, we need to recognize that the only way we can help these people avoid this kind of judgment is to share the gospel with them and for them to put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we truly care for those who might remain on the earth and experience these judgments, then we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. We need to point them to the only hope of salvation that there is, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Father, empower your church, strengthen your church, awaken your church to the need for sharing the gospel for living out the gospel. And Father, we pray that you will provide the power and the conviction for people to be saved. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for our hope. We ask that you would increase our faith and give us renewed strength. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.